This is exactly right. Favorite murder, the minisode, where we read you your stuff, and we're just gonna get into it because you know all the things that we normally say, yeah, and you don't really need an introduction. That's right. Come on, go first. It's emails. It's emails. <laughs> if you're someone's sister or mom that just started listening, it's emails. Okay, about anything, truly. Listener emails about really whatever story they want to tell us, and this one, I mean, this one's good. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna read you the subject line though. It just starts high. I'm new to MFM and also podcasts, but so far, super good. (laughs) Phew. I didn't really, I skimmed that part to get to the meat of this and I didn't really notice that intro. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. My husband and I live in a new build neighborhood, so all of the homes are brand new and built within the last eight years. Naturally, when we moved in, I just assumed that there wouldn't be any ghosts. Fast forward a few years, and all of the couples are having babies. My neighbor, who has become a close friend, tells me that some very strange things are happening in their house, mostly around the electronics. TV turning on on its own to a white screen and not turning off with the remote. Alarm clocks changing to military time and going off in the middle of the night. And the dogs avoiding certain rooms in the house. Although creepy, they continued to go without about their normal lives, and I continued to freak out slash hope that every time she came over to watch trash TV and drink wine, that the ghost didn't catch a ride over to my house. The final straw for my neighbor happened when she was awoken in the middle of the night by her daughter, who had just turned one. So this is a baby, mm-hmm. basically. Screaming from inside the closet in the <gasps> nursery. My friend was incredibly freaked out because her daughter was still young enough that she slept in a crib on its lowest setting, had never tried to climb out, and had not started walking yet. What? The next morning, she looked back at the Nest camera footage they used as a baby monitor and was unable to find (gasps) the moment her daughter went from sleeping peacefully in her crib to sitting in her closet across the room crying. She was simply just in her crib one moment and in the closet the next. No. No. As her daughter got older, she would point at the Nest camera and cry and wouldn't fall asleep unless she was put to bed in the other bedroom. Naturally, a few years later, when they had their second daughter, they put her in the same room without (laughs) blinking an eye. And if that doesn't perfectly explain how second kids are treated like second class (laughs) citizens... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what does. And then it says in parentheses, I fortunately was blessed to be the oldest of three oh, girls. <laughs> well, lucky you. Oh, must be ah, nice. Try being third. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That is rough. It is. Anywho, my neighbor decided to have her house saged by another neighbor who confirmed that she got, quote, very negative vibes when she was in the house. <laughs> As usual, all of the moms decided to take this as an opportunity to leave their kids at home with the dads and drink wine on a Wednesday night. Yeah. I I absolutely did not fucking attend. <laughs> but I noticed around 7 p.m. my lights flickered in my house. And when asking my neighbor about how the sage ceremony went, she confirmed that at the end of the ceremony, all of the lights in her house went off and on the same time my lights flickered. Mm. My friend is told that to seal the ceremony, she needs to bury the sage. 
You would think that this would be the first thing my neighbor would do. Nope. She put it in her junk drawer and her husband threw it away, assuming it was trash. Dude. Further, further pissing off the spirit world. I mean, holy shit. I know. I don't even like believe in this shit, but I would be in my backyard with a shovel the minute after. Doing signs of the cross. Totally. And any, I'm Jewish. Any, and I would be what, like praying to Jesus. <laughs> Please, Jesus, join me in this one situation. <laughs> Thank you so much for making my commute bearable. Stay sexy and don't throw the sage in a junk drawer. Margaret, P.S. Please tell me one of you is the one singing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Karen. Do it. My friend. It's Karen. It is me. Margaret, that story was n- nutso. Right. Oh, in a closet. Horrifying. Bur- I mean, burn the house down after that. Also, just like move the child out of the room. <laughs> yeah. If so, if something's moving the child around, yeah. you step in. Yeah. I would just, you know, easy for me to say. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty vision. Get the child away from the invisible demon that doesn't show up on the next cameras. <laughs> My light suggestion. Okay, this one's called Kid in a Dryer. Um, <laughs> hi, Franz. F-R-A-N-D-S. <laughs> Pleasant pleasantries to you all. Mm. Let's get into it, pun intended. When I was listening to Minnesota 326 and Georgia was talking about the, quote, game her and her siblings played with the pullout couch, <laughs> I knew I had to share this childhood, quote, game my brother and I used to play. Kid in a dryer. <laughs> and then it's trademarked. And then it says, as Kate Wiggler Dawson says, let's set the scene. <laughs> Imagine a frigid Canadian winter in the late 80s or late 1900s, as my kids like to say. <laughs> and as elementary school kids, we used to walk to and from school about 20 minutes in snow up to our knees most winter days. Mm. By the time we got home, our socks and bottom half of our pants would be soaking wet or sometimes frozen solid. Jesus. Uh-huh. We were used to putting our socks and pants in the dryer when we got home and waiting for them to dry while watching whatever show we could tune in with our antenna because we didn't have cable. Hey, antenna hive, rise up. That's right, bunny ears. There's only so much public television a kid can watch. So after a while, we developed this game where we would take turns getting all caps into the dryer and all caps turning it on (laughs) because we were home alone, cold, and bored. Yeah. It started out the worst possible way. Just a kid in a dryer banging around with the door closed. (laughs) You heard that right. The door was closed. Yeah. It can't go. It can't go if the door isn't closed. It got hot fast, so we only took short rides. But once my brother came out red-faced and with a goose egg over his eye, I figured we better cushion ourselves somehow. I shoved a bunch of blankets and pillows around the drum and got back in. We started to feel like we couldn't breathe in there with all those pillows and blankets, but we couldn't end the game. It was too much fun. (laughs) After a little exploration, we discovered that all you had to do was push a little lever by the opening of the door and voila, the dryer would go with the door open. <laughs> oh, We're talking 1980s dryers too, by the way, or probably 1970s because people didn't buy new appliances back then. 
It's just, it's like so hilarious. And it's also making me panic so hard. Like this is so fucking unsafe. (laughs) And kids in the 70s and 80s did shit like this constantly. Totally. Constantly. Totally. No supervision. None. No. Let the, quote, games begin. (laughs) This became a regular wintertime activity for my brother and I until we both got too big to get in the dryer. It was so dumb and could have ended so badly, but getting dizzy is a kid's equivalent to getting high. And we rode that fucking machine like it was our job. (laughs) It's... They outgrew it. They didn't Uh stop because something bad. No one got caught. No one got caught. I don't know if my parents ever found out about it, but my dad did have to replace the dryer belt more frequently than he expected. And I remember him saying it was strange how fast we were going through them. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for reading my 80s kid survival story. Stay sexy. And if you want to warm up after a long winter walk, just put a blanket in the dryer, not yourselves. (laughs) Meg, she, her. It's very true, Meg. There's so many other ways to warm up besides... (laughs) That hilariously dangerous one. Yeah, Jesus but Christ. they're not so... That's fun. Well, yeah, it's a, It's not going to pass the time no. in the same way. Because I think deep down, at least I remember that when we did stuff like that, we knew it was bad. Yeah. We knew it was dangerous. That was part of it. Where it's like, well, we might as well try it. I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. 
Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Let's go back to Canada for this next email. Let's. It's The subject line is Field Trip of Terror. Hi, all. I grew up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, where I went to a small French immersion grade school. I think the total population from kindergarten to grade eight was about 100. Mm. And it was a pretty low-budget institution on the outskirts of town. (laughs) The neighborhood around it was mainly auto body repair shops. You're really painting a picture. (laughs) Needless to say, there wasn't a lot of money to go around for school activities. While some kids grew up going on field trips to museums and space centers, our teachers had other ideas. When I was in grade seven, as a special class treat, my teacher walked us across the big school brush field, in parentheses, playground, through a hole in the fence and down a dirt path in a forest to the town's abandoned tuberculosis sanatorium. And then it just says the 80s. Am I right? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, you are right. We're on. You are this right. Is a theme. <laughs> that is so freaking cool. But not for kids. <laughs> no, but also these teachers, it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, you got, they got to do yeah. something. Got to go somewhere. This is called Making a Murderino, like right there. Not to be confused with the Netflix series. All right. The hospital had been built in the 1920s, but with the decline of the disease, the institution fell out of use and into disrepair. The huge building had sat empty for years. It was a five-story sprawling monstrosity (sighs) that, I'm really not joking, looked a lot like the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. So jealous. Yeah, I mean, this is epic. I can't really remember how we got into the building. Was it unlocked? Did my teacher break us in? (laughs) What I do remember is getting separated from my teacher and 12 classmates and wandering around empty, dimly lit, peeled, painted hallways. Mm -hmm. Some rooms were totally empty. Other spaces kind of looked like the doctors and patients had left in a hurry and meant to come back. Old furniture and weird medical equipment was everywhere. Maybe more concerning were the rooms that looked like people had been squatting in them more recently. I remember the terror of peering down dark corridors, not knowing how to get out, and looking back over my shoulder every five seconds. I really didn't want to run into any inhabitants of that hospital, living or dead. Eventually, I found my way back to my classmates and we all made it out physically unscathed. I think the best part was that night at the dinner table when it didn't even occur to me to mention anything to my parents. (laughs) Again, the 80s, am I right? (laughs) Yes, you are very right. Mm -hmm. Thanks again to you both for all that you do. You truly are the best. SSDGM and try not to traumatize your students on field trips. Love, Ariana in Ottawa. I mean... Oh, that's so great. It is quite epic. Okay, mine is called UPS Store Stories. Because mm. we asked for them. This one just starts. So, my mother used to own a UPS store. They're franchises. She's from Myanmar. And as most first-generation Asian American families know, evenings and weekends are not meant for fun, especially when your single mother owns a business and the motherland is a developing country that is in constant turmoil. You learn quickly to work hard and never say no to good business. Mm. So naturally, I, a 12-year-old, was sorting the mail and packaging (laughs) valuables on my time off from school. That's right. Mm -hmm. We had several assholes a day, but most of our regular customers were decent. 
There was this one buff bro who would come in regularly and send these small six by six boxes to various places. He would only give a first name for the send to address and his return address was a PO box to a post office instead of a physical address. A little sketch, but we don't question regularly returning business. Anyway, one day while I was working and my mom wasn't around, Buff Bro brought in another tiny box to send to another vague name. My coworker slash family friend slash babysitter, let's call him Ron, stands by as I process the shipment and Buff Bro leaves and goes about his day. As soon as he leaves, Ron goes, you know that's a box of steroids, right? (laughs) Me, and then it says, quote, question mark, then upside down question mark, (laughs) end quote. Which I think is the best way to like, to say what? Huh? You know, upside down. I don't even do an upside down question mark. <laughs> that's it. That's um, they use upside down question marks in Mexico for Spanish. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Ron just grabs the box and splits it open to see a box full of tiny vials of steroids packaged in some bubble wrap. It's totally illegal to open someone's package <laughs> if it's already sealed. Yeah. <laughs> but bro guy was sending steroids all around the country, which was definitely illegal. And I was like 12 working a cash register and that was probably illegal. (laughs) It was just all very illegal. Ron just taped the box back up and we pretended like nothing happened. Buff bro was spending money and it wasn't our problem if gym dudes were giving themselves ass acne. (laughs) As far as I was concerned, I saw nothing. That's right. Anyway, I have several other stories of illegal activities we, quote, unknowingly participated in. And also gross things like one where a dude wanted me to print something from a flash drive and he had porn saved to it. So FYI, if you hand your flash drive over to someone to print something, we can see all your files. He then proceeded to ask me out after the transaction and I disgustedly turned him down because he was icky and creepy and I was also a child. I know. We also had to call the cops on a guy once who wouldn't leave our store because his paperwork was delivered a day late due to weather. And there was also the time we were robbed by an old disgruntled employee. Not that fun. Thanks to the whole MFM team for all the laughs and love. You ladies have held my hand through some of the worst times of my life. And I don't know where if I'd be here if you hadn't been in if I hadn't been introduced to you back in the beginning of 2020. Oh, wow. You're the best friends I have ever. No, you're the best friends I have never met. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't get murdered, Melissa. Melissa, that's such a good... I mean, any stories of people having jobs as 12-year-olds, I want to hear all about yeah. it. Because that is... It's the kind of thing I th- I think when I was 12 in fifth or sixth uh-huh. grade, I would be like, I'd love to work at the UPS store. <laughs> yeah, I want a job. But then it's like, no, you're... The idea is a child having to deal with those ludicrous idiots that are like yelling at them for mail yeah. not being there or whatever. Right. Just like, ugh, Customers. Nasty. Ew. I also love the idea that that Melissa was working and then Ron was just kind of like hanging out overseeing. <laughs> <laughs> just vaguely babysitting her, but kind of. But also looking through people's stuff. Right. <laughs> okay. The subject line of this one is my one hour photo treasure. Hello, friends. Hope you're well and getting the time you need for yourselves. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Very nice. Long-time listener, second-time emailer. It was a long story about my grandmother's death under suspicious circumstances, dot, dot, dot. But this one is a short and sweet one that I think will bring a good giggle. A very hip, very punk, very artsy friend named Stacy worked at the photo department of a now-defunct drugstore chain. 
He was kind of a not shy, but really chill person in high school. And one day at lunch, he approached me with the biggest smile I've ever seen. And then it just says, in quotes, I have a present for you. We were more on the acquaintance side of friends, ran in the same circle, and would end up at the same social hangs, would say hey in the hall, but we'd never once exchanged any sort of gifts. I was beside myself with curiosity and joy and a little guilt because it's not like I had anything to give him. (laughs) He hands me a photo envelope, the exact kind you'd get when your photos were done at the one-hour photo. And then in quotes, it says, these came through work the other day and I immediately thought of you. Mm. My imagination ran wild. Were these some rando's sexy pics? Some photo evidence of a wild, debaucherous night? Potential blackmail for my absolutely shitty stepsister? (laughs) (laughs) No, even better. One of Stacy's customers was a professional photographer on a deadline, and they needed help speedily printing proofs of their professional concert photos, dot, 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 from Bette Midler. Professional, and this is this is a has a title case to it. It says professional front row Bette Midler concert photos. Whoa! I squealed. Stay sexy and know that you're my hero. Everything I would like to be, <laughs> etc. Josh, I love that Josh. Okay, then if if their acquaintances with Stacy, that that means they might be a little punk rock too. Mm-hmm. But they're also obsessed with Bette Midler. So like that is such a cool. You know what I mean? Like he had like a Bette Midler patch on his leather jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Probably probably had made it known in in some way. But also like what Josh and Stacey just did was the 80s version of social media. He It was in-person Instagram where it's like, mm-hmm. you would love this. I'm going to I show you I tagged you in this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, I have to hand the the actual photo to you in by yeah. hand. Oh, so I miss good. that. I miss face-to-face yeah. until, until I have to do it. Okay. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. My last one's called a two for one toddlers open to astroplane shit story. Oh. 
This is a long one, so let's just get into it. This is the third time I've written in about this, but this time you specifically asked for it. I have more details now and hopefully better writing skills, so here goes. When my little cousin, M was around two or three years old, his bedroom window started to leak after a storm. His parents did their best to fix to staunch the leak while they figured out who to call to come fix it. It stormed again the next night, but just as quick as it started, the leak stopped. And my aunt and uncle wondered aloud at why my little cousin had the answer. It was the hammering man. Um, okay, creepy toddler, that's not at all terrifying. His parents asked him what he was talking about, and he just said, the hammering man fixed it. Probably creeped out like any of us would be, his parents said, okay, and moved on. But weeks later, another storm came and the leak was back. My aunt and uncle brought out the towels again to block it and once again resolved to call someone to repair it. But just like the last time, more rain came and the window stopped leaking. Once again, my little cousin said the hammering man came and fixed it. Hmm. The leak stopped for good that time, so they weren't creeped out by their toddler mentioning the hammering man again until they went to my grandma's house where pictures of my dad held prominent spots in her living room. My little cousin saw the pictures, gasped, and exclaimed, it's the hammering man. Oh. My dad died when I was two and a half years old. My little cousin M was about five months old at the time, so my dad met him, but he would not remember my dad. He was handy and could have definitely have fixed a leaky window, but his toddler nephew would have no way of knowing that. I always believed the story because my dad was so happy to finally be an uncle, I'm told, but died shortly after becoming one. Mm -hmm. And also because I too had a visit around the same age. A couple months after my dad's death, my mom, a 30-year-old new widow with a toddler, was in our living room trying to wind down after putting me to bed. When she heard me say, hi, daddy, the words and something in my tone made the hair on her arms stand up and she went to investigate. She could hear me talking excitedly as she made her way down the hall. And when she opened my door, she found me sitting up in bed, beaming. She asked me what I was doing and I immediately told her that daddy had been there. I told her that he said, hi, Bubba. He used to call me this because it was how I said baby. I just got to, quote, heavens, you can't come with me, but I love you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, my mom was majorly freaked out, but we both believed that my dad visited me because he couldn't leave without an explanation and the chance to say goodbye. Mm. I don't remember this visit, sadly, but I do remember my dad a little because he was my best friend. I believe he still visits me, but in more subtle ways, like sending a cigar magazine in his name to a house he never lived in. We moved there when I was five on the mornings of both my high school and college graduations. They just got this cigar magazine? Yeah, with his name on it. Oh. Stay sexy and keep calm when your toddler gets a visit from beyond, Rachel. (laughs) How, Rachel? How? Oh. Oh. That choked me up a little. I know the dad visited the Bubba, the baby, mm-hmm. but then came back and visited his nephews mm-hmm. too. Her nephew, mm-hmm. singular. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. I know. That's a good one to end on. That's lovely. Yeah. Is that it? I think so, right? Yeah. Write in your stories to us, please. We love them all. My favorite murder at Gmail. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? 
This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. And this episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen! Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.